Hi, I'm Rick Tibbetts. Welcome to Unlimit Yourself. I'm glad you're here. In today's episode, we're going to talk about music's powerful role in restoring and maintaining mental health. Joining me to discuss this important topic is someone I've known since middle school, a dear old friend whose love for music burns so brightly that it can illuminate even the darkest of times. Her name is Cassie Pearl Wise. In addition to being a gifted musician, she is a vocal mental health advocate who has again and again turned tragedy into triumph. There's no doubt in my mind that you will be amazed by her story. It's been nearly a decade since we last spoke, so she and I have a lot of catching up to do. With that said, let's get started. Welcome to Unlimit Yourself, Cassie. I'm so happy you're here. This is incredibly exciting to be talking to somebody I knew back in high school and in middle school, somebody who I was really good friends with, and somebody who has grown to be so successful in their own right and is continuing to ascend in their industry. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, let's start off where we left off. How have you been since we last saw each other? I think it's been almost a decade now. Yeah, it's been a long time. (laughs) Um, I've been pretty good. You know, I've been just doing my thing. Um, I went to Berkeley. Um, It was a fantastic experience. I got to study in Spain for a semester, and that was completely eye-opening just in terms of culture, um, things like that. But Mm. it was it was fantastic. Wow. So Berkeley, you must have been like head of your class. What was your uh, your major, your specific major? So I studied what's called contemporary writing and production. It's kind of like the jack of all trades major. Okay. Um, and I did graduate with a full scholarship. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, none of this is surprising. For those listening, uh, Cassie has always been a, a very good student, but also just a a true scholar of music in, in all ways. And so uh, her going off to have ample success at the Berkeley School of Music is uh, is no surprise. But congratulations on that. Aw, thank you. <laughs> So tell me what you're up to now. Uh, Again, for everyone listening, Cassie has been involved in music, writing her own music, and performing for her entire life. And and now that she's an adult, she's really making something of it, forming it into a true career. So what have you been up to recently? Yeah, of course. So right now I'm an artist on the Animal Farm Records. It's based in the UK. Um, I just released two singles through them, and I'm working on an album with them right now. That's that's so cool. Uh, I'm obviously not a musician, but I'm so fascinated with the music industry. And anytime anyone I know is doing something creative, especially at the level that you're doing it, I am nothing but supportive. But you mentioned that you're also signed to a label, which is a massive step for any artist. So can you tell us how did you find Animal Farm Records and when did they decide to sign you? So I found them online. Um, And they decided to sign me after I submitted a demo to them. Um, They were kind of like, I don't know if this is my style, you know. Um, And then I sent them some more stuff that I had that I self-produced, and they liked that stuff a lot more. Um, And they decided to go with stuff more in that vein. So I'm working with them more on alternative pop. Well, I wanted to ask you about that because back... Back in high school, at least, you you always had this this Amy Winehouse-esque, almost opera-like sound. 
but when I listen to your newer singles, it has this pop infusion, this synth infusion. Uh, are you having fun trying these different genres? And what, what's inspiring you to kind of break the mold? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I write mainly like singer-songwriter stuff, actually. Um, I do a lot of like guitar. Um, I just sit in my bedroom and I play and I post videos on Instagram Um, But when I'm not doing that, like, I like to produce demos on my computer, and I really love just the electronic sound. I got really into that in college. Yeah, the the electronic sound was so exciting to hear on songs like Dimension and I Do. I believe you infused quite a lot of it on those tracks. And what is that like on the back end? Like, when you're playing with these sounds, how are you finding these synth sounds? Are you just using Fruity Loops? Like... How are you adding this this really cool techno vibe to your songs? Yeah, so I usually use Logic to produce. Um, so I use a lot of synths from FM8. That's like my favorite engine that they have. Um, and I got a lot of stuff through Berkeley, like luckily, because I'm broke. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is uh, really fascinating. And I'm also interested to know not just the technical aspect sonically with melodies and beats and whatnot, but also the wording, how, how your songwriting process goes. People need to know that you're not only vocally gifted, but you're also a highly acclaimed poet. So could you explain your songwriting process and how you put such eloquent words to deep and hard to define emotions? Yeah, of course. Um, that's a difficult question. <laughs> but so I don't know. I I kind of think of it as like a puzzle. Um, like I, I have these emotions like I'm bipolar. So I, I have a lot of conflicting emotions like regularly. Um, and it's just really difficult to cope with a lot of the time. So I figured putting it into words is the best way to do that. It usually starts off with like just one line. Like I, I have a line in my head that I want to write to. Um, and then I kind of like go through and I, I look at rhyming words like at the end of the line to see kind of like what would work if I were to kind of go along with it. Mm-hmm. I understand that they, there's no clear path when you're songwriting, when you're trying to create any, exactly. anything creative. Yeah. It's, it's very haphazard. In, of course, you can let me know how it works for you. But in the past, I've written songs myself, but also poems and, and the like. And in that process, it's just, okay, I just thought of this line. And I could take it in five different directions. Now, how do I go from there? And then once I have a a small section, now suddenly I'm starting to think conceptually. What's the bigger picture here from this small section? And it can go in a million different directions, but it's a fun process. You hit the nail right on the head. Yep. Yeah, it's it's so fun. It's like it's you're building a story and you don't know what it's going to be when you start. And that's the exciting part. It's like you start from nowhere and end up at somewhere beautiful. Exactly. So you mentioned at the beginning of your answer that you uh, struggle with uh, bipolar. And one of the reasons why I thought that you were such a great person to talk to is because on Unlimit Yourself, on this podcast, we talk a lot about those barriers within us emotionally, mentally, uh, and socially that can keep us from achieving our best and from being the best person we can be. And mental health plays a massive role in that. And so 
I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your experiences with mental health and to give listeners a real full picture of who you are. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your backstory and some of those challenges that you've had to overcome? Of course, I would love to. Um, so I've been struggling with depression since I was about 11 years old. Um, that's when I first attempted to take my life. And it was a really difficult time for me just growing up. Um, and then both my parents passed away when I was a teenager. My dad at age 14 and my mom at age 16, like right around my 16th birthday. So um, it was just really difficult to grow up kind of on my own, if you want to say that. Um, and yeah, I've, I've had multiple hospitalizations for suicide attempts, um, things of the liking. It's just been a really difficult battle, but every day is a different reward, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I hope you understand that you're a warrior. From what you just said, the things that you went through at such a young age would have left anyone feeling broken and hopeless. I mean, no one can escape unscathed from circumstances like the ones you described, but nonetheless, you've been able to carry on despite these incredibly heartbreaking setbacks and chart a positive path forward. I want you to know that that is nothing short of inspirational, and I'm in awe of your ability to endure such hardship and still bring such beauty to the world. More people need to understand that Mental illness does not have to limit your potential or narrow your prospects. And with that said, I'd love to know, what do you wish more people understood about mental illness and the people who contend with it? Oh, um, I wish more people understood that mental illness is not an end-all be-all. Um, it's a process, you know? It, it's an everyday thing that you have to cope with um, on a regular basis. And it's just, it's really tough to deal with it. It's an everyday thing. You know, I, I have good days. I have bad days. I have days where I feel like I can handle it. And I have days where I don't. And that's the reality. Some days are just harder than others. But to those listening who might be struggling with something similar to yourself, what would you say to them, uh, to maybe help them through or to give them some wisdom? Um, I would just say to keep going. I know that sounds so damn cliche, but it's it's so hard to just make it through the days where it's tough. And yeah, I don't know. On the days where I, I feel like life isn't worth living, like I try and remind myself of the small things, you know? Well, the small things really are what's important. I mean, there's there's so many vacuous metrics of, of what constitutes uh, a life well-lived, you know, uh, money, cars, uh, living in this big home and that. But really, it is the small things. It's the friendships. It's the connections. And it's your passion. It's what makes you happy. In your case, it's music. Uh, and there is so much to live for. There's so much that everybody in this world has to offer to improve themselves, to improve their communities, to give to give to the world something it didn't have previously. And that's what all of us can do. Definitely. Now, even though there's no simple solution to mental illness, there are things people can do to help mitigate their struggle. So I'm wondering, what tactics did you use in those hard times to process such difficult information and ultimately regain peace of mind? So... 
When you ask me that question, the first thing that comes to mind is this period when I had gotten sober. Um, I, I struggle with substance abuse. Um, and it, it, it's incredibly difficult to kind of come out the other side of that. But at this one period in my life, um, I utilized meditation that was incredibly successful for, um, you know, just overcoming daily struggles. Mm-hmm. Well, meditation, it's something that more people need to incorporate into their lives. Introspection in general, being able to synthesize thoughts, review them, categorize them, put life in terms that are understandable and comprehensible. So many times when we're going through difficulties and and trauma, it can feel so overwhelming. But when you just sit and think and take a moment, it can really be beneficial. Of course. And I find in periods when I'm meditating regularly, like my songwriting becomes significantly more positive. Yeah, well, I'm sure meditation's ability to clear the mind helps with the creative process. Personally, I'm no master of meditation. It's something I could practice a lot more. But I understand that meditation can bring a world of good to those who incorporate it into their lives. And of course, also, I've mentioned this on the show before. Therapy is huge. I'm a huge proponent of it. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm in therapy like every other week right now. Um, I just completed a, a therapy treatment program. It lasted about two months, um, and it was just really intensive, like working on depression, using a using this therapy program, I guess you could call it, called um, Dialectical Behavioral Therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically, it takes the emotional mind and the logical mind, and it finds the middle ground. Um, and it it's about practicing th- something called wise mind. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just about being yourself, being the most calm version of yourself that you can be in times of crisis. Wow. Well, I'd I'd love to try that. That sounds like something that everybody could benefit from. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad that you shared that and that you never hold back from sharing your experiences with therapy. Uh, I'm the same way. When I was a kid, you know, I had a lot of turbulence at home and I would go and see counselors and I was always so vocal like, I would always talk about my problems gleefully, you know? Like, it would be yeah. sad what I was talking about, but I was so happy to share. <laughs> I mean, I was beyond happy to be like, listen, uh, this person did this to me, and this person upset me, and I'm really angry about this, and it just made me feel so good. Oh, yeah, uh, it's relieving. Yeah, yeah. it's great. I, I look back fondly on it, and more people need to know that, like, that's what happens in therapy a lot of times. You're venting, you're talking about what needs to be talked about. It, I never understood why people were were so guarded all the time, even in uh, a therapy session. But I know there are very valid reasons for that. Uh, I just have never been that way. It's always course, it's always yeah. been so helpful to me to just be like, I have a million problems. What can you do about it? I completely agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, not only therapy and meditation, but I want to talk about your your favorite uh, coping device. But it's of course a lot more than that. Music. What is it about music, your entire life, that has given you strength to be the best person you can be? I think just the fact that I have an outlet to express myself, like everyone has an outlet to express themselves, whether it's like music, art, poetry, um, you name it. Like it's just, I found my my niche, sort of, um, and I, I'm really grateful for that. 
because it's just it's provided me with a lot of strength that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah, well, music enabled me to get through countless hard times, whether that was troubles at home or troubles with relationships, or maybe I just needed to get through finals week in college. But that's something that everybody feels. That's why music is so powerful to everybody, but it's especially powerful to you. And whereas most people can't really craft their own messaging in that way, you have mastered it. And speaking of your own material, I would love to know what song or album that you've created that you're most proud of and your expansive volume of work? So I think the song I'm most proud of is probably the one I just released called It's So Romantic. Love it. It's about receiving unsolicited dick pics on the internet, strangers. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yep. (laughs) It's a cause I feel very strongly about. (laughs) Yep, yeah. Of course, I have not experienced that, but I do know that like literally 95% of, of women on this planet have experienced that, that god-awful moment. Uh, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and it, it was just a shower thought, you know? Like, I just, I came up with that line, it's so romantic when you send unsolicited dick pics. I just... <laughs> For anybody listening right now, I know it sounds weird what we're talking about. Just <laughs> just go listen to the song. This is incredible, an incredible song. The way that she talks about and creates a narrative around this very inglorious experience that so many girls uh, go through in their lives and, and putting it in a way that it makes you want to just listen to it over and over again because it's so catchy. But the truth in it is so hard hitting. Like, And the cover art is beautiful. I mean, for any, did you make that? I actually did not. My friend Isaiah made that. He's an incredibly talented artist, and I hired him to do that for me. Wow. Dang. Because it's, the song, It's So Romantic, again, fantastic. But everybody, you have to see this cover art. It is the funniest thing. It it sums up the song beautifully. No words necessary. It's it's of... uh, (laughs) It's of Cassie in cartoon form looking absolutely horrified at a message she receives. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to all the gentlemen out there, listen, if you're thinking about doing that, just just don't do it. Just don't do it ever. Uh, because because <laughs> Cassie, Cassie will, she will write a song about you and you will be famous for all the wrong reasons. Okay. I already have the song. <laughs> she, you, she has the song and your name is on it. Okay, fellas, don't do it. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of artists and artistry, of course, I I think everybody wants to know this about musical artists, like n- not only their backstory, their challenges they've overcome, but like who musically has inspired you the most? Who are your favorite artists that you look up to, and why? Um, so my favorite artist right now is named Benny Sings. Um, not a lot of people know about him. He's a pretty small artist from the Netherlands, but. I just admire his career trajectory like immensely. Um, he started off when he was about my age. He got signed to a small record label, um, and then he got like promoted sort of over the years, like to different record labels. Um, and he's just making a living out of it, while not too many people know his name. So that would be absolutely incredible if I could do something similar to that. Oh wow, Benny sings. Yeah. Okay. Now, what does he, what kind of music does he produce? Um, he self-produces a lot of his stuff. He does a lot of, like, the electronic stuff that I'm into, but he also has been lately, like, diving into more of the live band sessions. Um, okay. So he's just, he's all over the place with his stuff, but it's incredible. 
Well, that that's great. What about his music strikes a chord with you? Oh, um, you know, I think it's just the simplicity of it. I totally admire that he can just take a concept, make it super direct, um, and just articulate it to the audience the way he wants to articulate it, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, some artists just have a way of speaking to us that rings clearer than anything else. And what you just said about how he's able to express himself in a simple yet powerful way is something that you've done for me in the song Party. You you sang in that there's a party going on outside, but I'm going to stay in my room alone and get high. Don't want to talk to anybody tonight. Now, understand everybody listening. Uh, she did not say it like a politician like I just did. It sounds a lot better. <laughs> it sounds a lot better in the song. So please don't take my rendition of it as an accurate representation. But I wanted to tell you that I definitely identify with that feeling. Uh, as I mentioned in previous episodes, college was a fairly lonely experience for me. I didn't really have a central group of friends I could always rely on to go out with. And I often stayed home, feeling more comfortable alone than trying to force my way into a social situation. So I'm curious if you've had similar experiences, and if not, what was it that inspired you to write that line? Of course, yeah. So I wrote that song when I was alone in my room, when there was a party going on in the living room outside of my bedroom. Um, I was living with a bunch of friends at the time, and I love them all dearly, but social anxiety is just through the roof for me sometimes, and I can't deal with it. So um, I just locked myself in my bedroom, and I was just getting high by myself. <laughs> yeah, well, I did the same thing. There were times when I just didn't want to be around people. It wasn't just that I didn't always have a group of friends to hang out with. It was also I just didn't want to be around anybody. Like, I, I just wanted to be in my own space. And that was so calming and therapeutic. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just feel a lot more comfortable when I'm by myself personally, because yeah. then I don't have to impress anybody, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to come up with witty one-liners. You don't have to be clever. You can just relax and take it easy. Uh, oh, yeah. So before we end, I want to thank you sincerely for something that you may have forgotten about. But back when I was 15 years old, you brought a nervous, apprehensive me on stage with you at an open mic at a small coffee shop to sing Baby It's Cold Outside in front of a live audience. Uh, that was my first time singing in public. And it's a moment that I'm still so grateful for because if it wasn't for that experience, I don't believe I would have ever sung in public at all. Before that moment, I was afraid of people hearing me sing. I didn't see myself as a singer, and I didn't want people to judge me for doing something so vulnerable. But after that moment, I had the confidence to regularly sing at high school open mics, to sing in front of my family, and even star in high school musicals, memories that I deeply cherish today. And that is all because you took me on stage to sing a duet with you when I was 15 years old. So thank you for that moment and for giving me the confidence to sing that sticks with me even today. Thank you so much for that. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up. You know, like... I like to think that anybody can sing. Um, I like to think that anybody has talent if they work hard enough. And you definitely have that drive. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated that about you. 
Well, that moment, that memory of singing Baby It's Cold Outside, it I, I've never forgotten about it. It always sticks in my head because I was so nervous. And it, naturally, I, I was pulled toward the stage, toward the theater, toward performing oratory speech, right? But there were so many times, especially in my younger years, when I just didn't feel comfortable doing that because I didn't want to be made fun of. I didn't want people to see me as, you know, a loser. But going on that stage to sing a Christmas song <laughs> just broke me out of the mold. And it really kickstarted a lot of the confidence I needed to be who I wanted to be. I'm so glad. Well, thank you again for being on the show. It was splendid speaking with you again. To everybody listening, go follow at Cassie Pearl Music on Instagram. And also, go and listen to all of Cassie's music. Albums such as Cassie Pearl, the uh, self-titled album, Sunrise, Party, along with her new single, her hilarious single, It's So Romantic, out now on Spotify. Thank you so much for having me, Ricky. I really appreciate it. That does it for this episode on music and mental health. Today, I had the privilege of chatting with a rising star in the music industry and my old friend Cassie Pearl Wise about her love for making music and how doing so offers a reliable outlet for healing. However, Cassie would be the first to say that music is only part of the equation. Meditation and therapy are also highly useful resources to address mental illness. In times of true crisis, please don't hesitate to call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. I'm so glad you could join Cassie and I for this necessary and uplifting conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.